Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got CrashPlan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. CrashPlan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Today on the podcast, we have Jen Miller, who is a brand strategy consultant and helps women build their brands like it's her jam because it is. And after working for Procter & Gamble, she learned what it takes to develop and grow iconic brands. So she kind of knows what she's talking about. And in 2013, she started a blog interviewing female founders to discover how she might be able to build a brand of her own. And it kind of kicked off this new venture. So in today's episode, we're talking about brand and its importance and how it's more than just your logo and your website. We're talking about how you can take care of people in a way that serves your brand well. We're talking about how to put yourself out there, dress the part, and be a little vulnerable in this space that is truly yourself. So I hope you enjoy today's episode and dive right in. All right. Welcome to the show, Jen. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I'm super excited to get another person's perspective on this and more strategic insight, I feel like, because we are in the camp of obviously loving our brand and finding the importance of our brand messaging like super valuable to the growth of our business and the connection we have with our audience. However, knowing how many people get hung up on so many of the nitty gritty details of a brand, like your logo, like your website, like your fonts and your coloring. And I'm so excited to hear some of your ideas around maybe where people should be spending more of their attention instead of on those tiny details like that. So what's your perspective on branding? Yes, absolutely. Well, first of all, you ladies have beautiful branding. And it, for me, is the perfect display of understanding the strategy that goes behind the design. I think that when a lot of people think of branding, their natural incl inclination is to go straight to logo, fonts, colors, the things that are sexy and exciting, mm -hmm. the things that bring their brand to life to the public. What I'm always challenging people to do is to take a few steps back and go back to the foundation and to really understand what it is that they're trying to build. What is it that their brand is all about? It's not always the sexiest part of it. But for me, it is when we start at the foundation, that is what sets you up for long-term success. It is mm -hmm. what allows you to answer every other question that you're ultimately going to have in your business, whether it is, what color should I be using to what should I be posting to my Instagram feed? to what content courses, services should I be providing to my audience? So for me, I think when it comes down to it, the very first question I want to answer is, 
what does my brand do? Who is it for? And what makes me special? Or why should people Mm. care? That's the Mm -hmm. very beginning. That's where I like to start with anyone that I'm working with is we have to be able to answer those three questions. I think most people can't even fathom their brand doing anything because it feels like (laughs) a static thing. And Mm -hmm. they separate their business from their brand. And I'm not really sure why people do that. I think they think of it as how they look and not necessarily what they're doing. So talk to me more about how you're like showing up and acting on behalf of your brand. Yeah. So I think that we have to think about our businesses, our brands, as if they were people. Your brand has a persona, a personality. You want to think about what role is it playing in your customers' lives? Now, is it showing up as the best friend? Is it showing up as the coach? Is it showing up as the person who's going to hold them accountable and call them out on their stuff? Mm-hmm. And then in what way, you know, are you funny? Are you witty? What is it? How do you, how are you? So that's how you're showing up in the world. What role are you playing in your customers' lives? How are you actually showing up? Then there's the layer of what you care about. Yes, you have a business and you're selling products and services, but that's not why people are coming to you. They want to understand how can they connect with you on a deeper level. That's where we start to think about what are your brand values? Why do you do what you do? What's your bigger purpose? That again, is going to start to show up in how you're bringing your brand to life through content, through stories, through the images that you use. So for me, that's really the second step. When we figure out exactly what your brand does and who it's for, we want to think about, okay, well, what are your values and why are you here? What are you going to do for the people that want to be part of your community? Then we can start to translate that into every aspect of your business, whether it's visual, stories, you name it. When do you think it makes most sense for someone to truly do like a deep dive questions about their business and their brand in order to grow? Like at that very first week of wanting to go off on their idea or like five years in? Both actually. I come from the perspective that it's something that you want to do from the beginning, that you want to be thinking about your brand from day one so that you know where you're growing. You know, you have the vision of where mm-hmm. what the business is that you want to build and that you can be strategic and intentional about it, right? If, you, if you're thinking about it from the beginning, you can plan for it. I know that's not how everyone works. There's a lot of people who just get into business and you start to run. That works for some people, right? And you just start to figure out what works. And then a few years in, you stop and realize like, I've gotten the business to a certain point, but I don't know how to grow it to the next level. And that can be an opportunity where you want to step back and say, well, what is it that I need to be doing to connect in a deeper or bigger way? So there's different points. When I'm going about it, I like to start from the beginning. Yeah. Well, and I think having people realize that even if you start at the beginning, like your brand is going to morph and shift as your business changes and as your audience grows and as your business grows. Because like, for example, people will look at our Instagram feed or pictures that we share. And there's a lot of pictures now of Abby and I and of us working and of us doing stuff. We didn't start having sessions like that until actually really recently. All of the images leading up to that, like I was taking in my guest bedroom of like a flat lay because that was on brand enough. And we worked with it and we ran with it. And then we got known for a certain aesthetic and a certain feel. 
But then as our audience kind of shifted into wanting to know a little bit more about us or see more of us, we integrated our actual bodies into our images. And so like what your brand looks like today might not be what it's always looked like, but paying attention, like putting a pulse on what needs to change, I think is important. Yeah. And I think uh, you also raise another point or something that it's reminded me of is that when you're getting started and you haven't built an established community and you don't have a big name for yourself, branding can be one of the most important tools that you have and that you have control over. I can share anecdotally in the last week, you know, I had someone I had met and she pulled up my Instagram and she said, Oh, it looks like you know what you're doing. I'll hire you. Yep. Yep. I love that. <laughs> that was it. And, yep. I, and I share that as one story, but I can tell you that I, when I have pitched myself to clients or for opportunities, I will get emails back that say, I took a look at your website. It looks really great. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Right. And it's those things for me. Like, that's why I say, I see it as something you should be doing when you're first getting started because you want to be able to at least have a really clear message. Again, this is what I do. This is who I do it for. And this is why you should consider me. And you want to come across in a way where people trust you and they believe that you're an expert in what you do. And the way that you present yourself tells says everything. And so when you're getting started, you you want to be able to put your best foot forward. Right. And you want people to have that reaction of wanting to trust you and learn more. And yes, your brand can evolve and it might look different, but why not? Why not put your best foot forward from day one? Yeah. I think we got a lot of that feedback from the beginning as well. And I will do this with a giant caveat of we were super lucky in that I was a photographer and Abby was like, did our website and like did our logo and did a lot of our branding. So we at least had like the talents and the skills to like make that ourselves. So like we did have a leg up on that. But from the very beginning, people were like, Oh, like, (laughs) you guys already have that figured out. And I think that that's something that a lot of people look at and see if a brand is still or a business is still struggling to kind of like come into their own identity of what that looks like that does establish a certain lack of like trust factor when it's there versus when it's not there. Absolutely. I think that we have to remember that like it or not, everyone is judgmental. We don't mean to be, but we make judgments on things within 10 seconds of seeing them. So if you are putting your things out there and you're wondering why people aren't wanting to work with you, it could very much be because you aren't portraying something that feels like you are confident in what you have to do. And the other thing to think about is that you really have no idea how many potential opportunities you're missing out on because people aren't they aren't buying in, right? So something else that I've I've also just learned about that process of going through the act of really establishing your messaging, really establishing what it is that you want to look like is not only an act of, you know, branding, but it's a an act in self-confidence. It is you going through and saying, I'm really excited about what I have to offer. I want people to take note of what I'm doing. I feel really confident about it. I feel like one of the things I hear most often from from people, especially women that I that I am work that I work with or I'm in groups with is um, phrases like, oh, my website isn't ready yet. Like please Please don't take Mm -hmm. a look at it. My brand's a hot mess. My brand's a hot mess. (laughs) I don't really use my social media. I'm like is it that you don't? Or is it that you don't yet feel confident sharing what you have to offer with the world, which is yeah, not great for anybody? Because I'm sure if you're in business, you have something to offer. So going through branding for me, it is, it's just as much about 
building a strong business from day one as helping you feel confident being a business owner. Well, and talk about how it relates to being yourself and not trying to be someone else. Because the thing that keeps like popping up for me as I'm like scrolling through your feed and your website is like, I remember pre when Emily and I started working together, there was like a short amount of time, not very long, where I tried to be where Abby was showing pictures of toilets on no, Instagram. Is that what no, we're talking about? No, that did happen, but that's not what I'm talking. <laughs> that did happen. <laughs> I was renovating my house, people. It wasn't <laughs> totally random. But that I attempted to be what I thought my ideal customer wanted instead of trying to just be myself. And I think that showed through because if you come into my house, like I have bright yellow walls and like, bold choices and I'm colorful, but I was like going around trying to be this pastel pink, super feminine brand. And I am not that at all. And (laughs) so I think it was really confusing for people because I was just trying to be a certain way to attract a certain person. So talk about how someone can make sure it's true to themselves. I hate the word authentic, but you know what I'm getting at. Right, right, right. But you're speaking exactly to that is that at the end of the day, we always have to remember people aren't buying from brands. They're buying from people they know, like, and trust, right? So if you aren't putting something out there that is a reflection of who you are, people aren't going to be able to connect with you, right? I actually think that more and more that line between what is a personal brand versus what is a a brand brand or a business brand is really getting blurred. People want to know who's behind the scenes. They want to mm. know if you're painting your bedroom in yellow. Like People care about that kind of thing. And honestly, that's what starts to make this whole idea of competition almost irrelevant. It's not, it doesn't matter what somebody else mm-hmm. is doing because at least the way that I see it, there's no way that one person or business can serve everybody in the world. That's just not going to happen. It doesn't do anybody good. Right. So there's room for everybody. And the way that you can serve is to be yourself. Show up in the way that you're going to show up. Teach in the way that you're going to teach. Look the way that you want to look. And the people who are attracted to that are going to find you and going to are going to want to be a part of your community. So that's part of that exercise too from the beginning when you're figuring out okay, well, how do I want my brand to show up and and thinking about it as a person? So maybe it is you specifically, if you're really a service-based brand or a personal brand, maybe if you have a product brand, you create this persona for who that per like who that brand or person is. And you think about, you know, okay, well, what would they wear? What would their house look like? Like what colors would they paint their walls? What kinds of words would they use? Do they have certain catchphrases that their friends know them for? How do they act and behave? And that's where you can start to just be playful, be yourself and not have to worry about, oh, well, other people do it this way or in that. And that's the way too. you don't have to worry about, oh, people aren't going to take me seriously. It's like you're doing it with intention. It's different. Yep. Right. Yep. I 100% agree. We've definitely made some some decisions in our business and our brand that aren't the norm when it comes to branding or messaging or how we communicate with our audience that 
some people like it's their absolute no, no, like cursing in their brand, for instance. But I'm like, it fits in right with our people. But we knew that like it was an intentional decision. It wasn't something that just kind of like snuck in. And then we figured out how to deal with I think every facet of our brand were like, okay, this is going to pop up in some way. How are we going to maneuver that? Exactly like when I was becoming a mom and we hadn't been like a mom brand before then at all. We never really spoke to moms. We didn't know mom life. But when we knew that was going to be pivoting, okay, where does our brand stand in that space? Yes, exactly. I think the intention behind it is everything. The However it is, whether it's exactly how you communicate, if it's the images that you're showing, if people understand where you're coming from, they'll want to be a part of it. It won't feel offensive or odd. I think actually, like the cursing is a really good example. A lot of people struggle with what is my what is my brand voice and how should I talk and communicate? And it's thinking about well, how just how would I talk? How do I talk? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you how talk? Do right. You um, it can be as simple as that. And if yeah. you use curse words, great. You know, I use I'll use slang or whatever. A lot of people get hung up on using jargon, and and then you have to ask, do I really use jargon? Do I really speak like that? No, but I will, I yeah. will, you know, throw in a good like IRL yeah. <laughs> uh, every now and then because I say that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. When it comes to hiring, don't go searching for the one. Just meet your match with Indeed. Get unparalleled access to job seekers with over 350 million unique monthly visitors globally, according to Indeed data, and an extended reach through Glassdoor. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. In the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. 
I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. Now, going back to messaging just a little bit, I have a very particular person in mind, and I won't out her on the show, but we can talk about her instance because I know she won't mind about that. Do you think that, like, which comes first, the solid brand and like how that's presented and what your message is in regards to your brand, or like how exactly you want to serve your people? Mm. I don't know even who you're talking about, which is interesting. Anyway, go ahead, Jen. I don't know who you're talking about either, but I think that you have to figure out yourself first. It is interesting, this balance between you and who, but I think Uh that the first step is you have to understand what it is that you have to offer. And then you have to understand who do you want to offer it to first and foremost. And you can start... When you're getting started, you don't know everything about your customer. I mean, that's a huge part of branding, but you don't know. So you're going to take an educated guess, likely based on someone that's similar to you or has been in a situation that you have been in, and therefore you feel competent serving. So for me, it is first step, figure it out what you have to offer, figure out who you want to offer to, and then take time to get Mm -hmm. to know them, right? Mm -hmm. It's almost like... When you're going out to find friends too, you're like, well, I think that I would connect with these kinds of people. I think they would get me. And then as you find those people, you learn more about them and you get more open and more vulnerable and you learn more about how you can serve them. And that's where you, when you start to build that community, it will start to shape what you do, what kind of services you have, what kind of content you're creating. Well, and I don't want to go into her this specific example this is another person i'm thinking of but how do you handle that thinking about the in person when they are really far away from who you are or what you've personally been through so for example i have a friend who works with parents and students about to graduate from high school and helps them apply for scholarships and get into college she is neither a student nor a parent and this isn't really her like life at the moment. And she doesn't really have great stories from when she went through that whole period to draw from. So if your avatar or your ideal client is 100% outside of what you are doing or living currently, how can you connect with them in a way that feels authentic because you do have the desire to serve them? I said it again. I hate that word. (laughs) I don't know. I just, I find that more difficult telling that story to that person when they're not you at all. Yeah. I mean, the thing that first comes to mind is based on the example you've shared is thinking about your favorite teacher 
And the things that that help them connected with you were likely that just going back to some of the foundations, shared values. So they have a value that you really resonate with that maybe has nothing to do with the class you were in or the thing you were taking, but it's deeper than that or it's beyond that. And then again, their personality, like the way that they're reaching out to you. So for if your avatar, the person you're trying to connect with, you haven't necessarily been in their shoes, you can still rely on shared values and personality to connect with them. And then it's a matter of if you have been if you have, I mean, there's a reason that you're reaching out to help these people. There's a reason you've chosen them. So you have some experience that connects you to them, whether you have professionally or personally helped someone through a certain situation, you have experienced something that brought you into that sharing, figuring out what that story is. There's some story there. There's always some story there. Why, why you feel compelled to be in service to that person. And then, so that is another thing you have your values, you have a personality, and you have your story. And then it's remembering to listen, right? It's remembering to, if someone's going to let you into their world, to listen. I like to do a lot of exercises and I always teach doing these exercises of tapping into conversations your your audience is already having online, kind of being a fly in the wall, whether that is joining the Facebook groups that they're in, the LinkedIn groups that they're in, meetup groups, wherever you can figure out that they're hanging out, seeing what kinds of comments they're leaving. Um, I even like going into Amazon and I will look up books, self-help books that I think my audience might be attracted to. And I will read the best comments and the worst comments can be products as well. Um, Just to see where people are saying, I'm really struggling with this. I thought this book was going to provide me with this and it didn't, or I really found value in that. So particularly if you are not your audience, doing these exercises to see where can you tap into the conversations they're having. Mm-hmm. Offline events are also great for that. Going to where they are, joining groups, sitting yeah. in. So yeah, so it's a matter of finding what you can connect with them about and then just being a listener. <laughs> what that reminds me of also is I think it's super important in the value of knowing the value of what you're offering to your people in order to help shape your story. Because the example that Abby was just talking about, I feel like I really connected with that as a family photographer way back in the day. I was selling two, three, $5,000 packages of portraits that I would never, ever buy. Like I, I was, I never grew up in the family that spent that much money on family portraiture. I, like we did it like once for a Mother's Day in like the JCPenney studio. So that like wasn't my life as a child. I couldn't imagine spending that much as a person. I wasn't a mother. I didn't have like that family like that I wanted to capture. I even started it like before I was even married. But I think that I knew the value so much in what I was offering these families that I was able to sell that and talk about that instead of like, I would absolutely make this purchase. So you should too. <laughs> absolutely. And I think that that's, that still comes back to the story, whether your story is, Hey, my family always had photos of us as a family around the home. And I, right. I value that so much growing up. It made me feel this huge sense of belonging or it could on the flip side be my family never had photos. We didn't have it. And I really missed that. And I think that there's a huge value in having these there and sharing again, whether it's the value that you know, or the, just the story that you have. Yeah. Mine, the story I was shared, because we didn't really have a whole lot of family pictures growing up. Like I said, we only did really one session, but I was a, I had a psych minor and one of our classes was like, 
the value of like, how do we gain self-confidence in our families, in our relationships, in the world? And there are multiple studies that show like increased of confidence in children raised in homes where there's pictures of themselves and their families around and like capturing those memories and better relation, like better marriages when you're reminded of like times like that. And so I got addicted to like those types of studies and creating that for other people. And so I got like almost on this soapbox of like, but your marriage can be better and your kids can have more confidence and like all of these amazing things where people were like, okay, yeah, let's do that. Because I truly believed in that research and what it meant and what it could mean for people. And so get your energy from wherever you need to get it is basically what I'm saying. So you can like truly believe in the thing that you're offering. And maybe through that, a story can show itself. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Like I said, anything, there's always a reason behind why you're doing what you're doing, right? It's tapping into that and and selling, if you will, that as your brand. Like this is why I do what I do. It's why I'm excited. And it makes me curious as to what you mean by dressing the part. Because I I have a feeling I know, but I'm curious on how that ties in. You mean don't look like a slob like this all the time when you're trying to portray something else, which luckily I'm not. I mean, so I think about this in a couple of ways. The first thing is I like to say that I think of branding, like putting on a really amazing dress, a bright red lipstick, right? Like new heels. Just that when you feel really good about how you look, you just step out into the world in a different way, right? Like you step out and you're like, people need to take note of me. Like, look at me. Like I want to be seen, right? There's just this different level of confidence and that's what people are attracted to, right? That's what I was almost saying. People will look at something I've put out and they're like, oh, you seem like you know what you're doing. It's like there's a level of confidence that you're portraying when you brand yourself because you're saying, I deserve to be seen. The other thing too is that if you're not doing that, like you can be an expert. You could be so good at what you do. But if you aren't able, if you it just shows through if you don't if you don't put the effort into making your brand look very good, it is almost a reflection of how you work, right? It almost says, hey, like I don't care enough to look into the details. I don't care enough to put my best foot forward. So it is actually implying a lot of things subtly that you may not realize that you're not really intending to do, but that is the reaction people consciously or subconsciously getting from what you're putting out in the world. So this reminds me of like a recent thing that happened to me that was very uncomfortable. But if you're listening, Courtney, it's okay. I still love you. Someone messaged me and I feel like I've been kind of a personal mentor to this woman. And she reached out to me and she's like, so I feel like you have this really magnetic personality and like, how can I be more like you? And first of all, I was like, uh... What Uh are you even talking about? (laughs) But then I was like, okay, I mean, if we're really thinking about it, I'm just a regular kind of person and I have 30,000 people following me on Instagram. So, okay, maybe I'm magnetic. I don't know. I'm just going to accept what she said, but I also wanted to look it up. So I looked up magnetic personalities and they talk about A, your ability to attract people. And then the second piece, and I think the piece that came naturally to me is approachability. And so I feel like that is super important for a brand is 
not only do you have to be like appealing, but if you seem so standoffish or unreachable, like people don't feel like they have the ability to connect with you. And so they run for the hills. So how do you feel like people can continue to add that approachability into their branding? Yeah, I think so. I have an example for that as well. I was just recently with, with a woman who she runs a law office and she specifically wanted to build a clientele of women influencers. And so she stepped out initially in her practice, looking like a lawyer is supposed to look, right? And everything about her brand and her website and what was on her social media feeds was very stiff and professional, black and white and navy. And it was her clients that told her like, look, we don't like that. (laughs) Like that's actually not how you are at all in person. And if I refer you to a friend and they see that, yes, you don't seem approachable. You don't seem like someone who's going to understand the business that we're in. You don't seem like someone who we're going to want to work with. Like you seem stiff. And so her approach was like her realization was like, yeah, that's not actually who I am. That's not my brand. So let me take down the black, white and navy and put up grays, pinks and golds because that's me. That's what I look like. And the result was that she now has booked out clients because when they when she gets referred and someone lands on her website now, they're like, oh, I like this girl. It makes sense. Yeah. Like, I, like it is that approach. Like, I like this girl. I can yeah. see that she she's going to get me. I can see that she has a personality. So yes, the whole approachability thing too is completely spot on and goes back again to from the very beginning, figuring out what kind of brand is it that you want to build. Yeah. Well, and it reminds me again, I won't name names. I feel like we're like digging up a lot of past stuff in this episode. Very early on in Abby and I's collaborations, we were like reaching out with people to do JV webinars with or whatever, just to build like audience and friends and whatnot. And there was someone who we admired online because her brand was stunning. It was beautiful. It was so bright. The fonts were great. The personality from her brand was just like, oh, she is our jam and we dig it. And we got on the phone and it was like crickets. It was like, where is the big brand from this girl? Where is the personality from her? Like totally just not, did not align never, with the expectations that we had ever her brand. More awkward phone call uh-uh, ever to this day ever. And both Abby and I got off there and just kind of like, what just happened? Like what a disappointment. But it's interesting of how we build up certain people or not even build them up to be like better or whatever, but a, a literal certain type of personality I thought was going to come from that brand. And then when it didn't, it was like the biggest letdown ever. So we did not work together. Because <laughs> it just did not fit. Yeah. But it's also that interesting, the fact that you're like, hey, I think this is someone I want to work with, because she looks like someone I want to work with. And that's this, that's kind of what I was saying before, you have no idea how many opportunities you're missing out on, because someone looking at your brand and saying, I don't think so. Right. And behind the scenes, you might be the dynamic personality. You might be it. Right. You just gotta get confidence to put that out. Well, and this just makes me think of how we sell a little bit. I think a lot of people, especially in the beginning stages of business, feel like they have to say certain things or act a certain way in order to attract people that are going to buy. And I just come to the realization if I do something that I wouldn't enjoy receiving, like 
that's my role for how I go about business. But I think so often we're like, but other people do X, Y, Z, who cares? Like, if you think it would be annoying to get another email, then don't send another email. But if you think they don't know what's going on, because they're busy, like, then send another email. So I just feel like you have to it's more than surface. Like it, it goes really deep into how you run your business and how you communicate with people and how you attract people. I'm just a big believer. I was a branding expert for a long time. So it's hard to let go of that identity. No, that's why I say I, for me, because this has been my career, this is what I've done my entire life. Every business question to me comes back down to a branding question. When you're thinking about you know, who should we be partnering with? Who should we be reaching out to for collaborations with? Okay, well, anyone that you partner with is going to be a reflection of your brand, right? So you need to know what your values are. You need to know how you want to help people before you can decide who should I be partnering with. When you're thinking about promotions, you know, okay, well, am I a brand that wants to discount or not? Well, okay, let's think about like, well, again, what what role are you serving in people's lives? Why are you here? That's going to help answer those questions. I, I mean, I just think about, you know, if you're launching a new product line, again, okay, well, what is it that I want my brand to be known for? Is this product line a part of that? Or does it feel completely separate from that? Confusing. So yes, for I am. I for me, I'm like if we, if you establish the beginning, like what is my positioning? Who am I here to serve? What makes me special? It provides a great filter for all of those decisions for the audience for saying yes or no for pursuing this. And I think, like truthfully, that's the best thing any business owner, new or seasoned, needs <laughs> is a filter for their decisions. And so if your brand can serve that for you, like how multi-purpose of it for providing that. Exactly. And so I say it's not, it doesn't always seem like the sexiest work to do up front, but in the long run, when you're trying to make those hard decisions, and particularly if you're running a business by yourself, when you don't have a lot of people to bounce things off of, you can go back to that early strategy work and say, let me see where I'm trying to go here. Let me just have my filter to run it against and I can make decisions faster. Well, let's take some of those ideas and go into talk strategy to me. And if you have any key takeaways that people can be like, okay, 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 I get it. Like I need to, my brand is a hot mess or it's conveying the wrong message or I feel rejuvenated to kind of give it a facelift a little bit. Like what are some action steps people can take right now to kind of get started on that journey? Yeah, so I would say step one is you want to really get clear on your brand positioning. So to do that, make sure you can answer the questions. What do I do? Who do I do it for? And what makes me special? And then when you have that done, run it past several people. Because you will find that when you think you're articulating that clearly, you probably aren't. And you're only going to learn that when you tell it to people over and over again and you get the feedback. So that's going to be step one. Once you have that and you've identified at least who you believe you want to serve, step two is to start tapping into their conversations, get to know them better, be an active listener on and offline so you can really refine how you can cater your offerings to them. I would say step three is actually go through the exercise of writing out a biography for your brand or not, not a biography, a summary, a short bio, how you would introduce her. 
And start to think about that as you are looking at your brand and both visually and how you're communicating. Um, and that's going to help you start to bring your own personality and flavor and distinctiveness into what you're doing. Those would be three things I would do. Three exercises you could do that would really help you reflect on, Am I, do I know what I'm doing here? And is what I'm putting out in the world actually a reflection of what I want to be known for? Yes. Homework, guys, go do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, let us know where people can hang out with you online, Jen. I'm everywhere online at, well, my website is uh, jennamiller.co, and I'm everywhere on social at jennamillerco. And this July, I'm launching Brand Camp, which is my nice. online course to teach you a lot of what we learned today, but essentially how to go from idea to execution and really bring your brand to life in a strategic way. And so, yes, I'd love to see anyone who's interested in learning about how to build their brand and actually go through the exercises, come to Brandcamp. And you can you can sign up there at brandcampcourse.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jen. Yeah, thank you guys. It's been fun. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor. To get podcast updates and all the behind-the-scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.